Let's pray, and we're going to get started into our, our message for the morning. Father, we thank you that you love us, that you call us your daughters. Jesus, that you gave your very life for us. And Holy Spirit, that you live in us. Thank you. We recognize you. We honor you this morning. And we say, be welcome in this place and welcome in our lives. Amen. Amen. So if you weren't aware of our topic for the semester, we are going to be speaking about the Holy Spirit, his role in our lives, how he wants to minister in our lives and work in our lives, and just who is the Holy Spirit. Do you know, Jesus said in John 16, verse 7, he said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage. Everybody say advantage. It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. So Jesus made an interesting statement. He said it was better. It was for our advantage. Say, my advantage. That Jesus leaves and sends the Holy Spirit. When Jesus speaks, we want to listen. We want to understand, what does he mean by that? What is he saying? Why is he saying that? Can you imagine, really, if you think about it, the response of the disciples who'd walked with him for three years, they had watched him do miracles. They'd watched him, um, you know, heal people. They'd watched him be moved with such compassion towards people. They had watched him feed thousands of people from just a little boy's lunch. They saw him get up early in the morning, or maybe they didn't see him get up early. He went and left, or he went and prayed all night. They knew they walked with him, and they learned from him. Jesus was their mentor. Jesus taught them so much, and all of a sudden, he's saying to them, guys, it's better that I go so the Holy Spirit can come. I can imagine they couldn't have wrapped their heads around that. Their life was all about walking with Jesus, being with him day in and day out, sitting at his feet and learning from him and learning about the Father. And all of a sudden, he's going to go. And he says, it's better that I go. So I don't know if you've ever thought about that, but when you think about somebody who's been a mentor in your life, who you've learned so much from, we don't want to lose those people from our lives often, do we? And I'm sure the disciples did not want Jesus to go. And if you you read in the Gospels, you can read some of their responses to that too, right? But he's saying it's to your advantage. So understanding that is just as important for us today. Knowing what Jesus has done for us by sending the Holy Spirit is crucial. Now, there's a, there's a beautiful song that I sang every Sunday growing up in the Presbyterian Church. So, um, Jason, if you wouldn't mind to put those words up. And girls, if you know this song, I've asked some of the people who know it to sing out because I'm, I'm not going to lead you. Um, and let's just sing this song together, okay?
Isn't that a beautiful song? What's even more beautiful about it is some of the descriptions of our God in that song. Lord God Almighty, merciful and mighty. But he's God in three persons. And that's, that's amazing. And I believe God wants us, God the Father wants us to understand what is his nature? Who is he? So when we think about it, there's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And all of them have a role in our lives. There's a, a little analogy that I read that talked about water and how water is in three forms, right? So water can be uh, a liquid, it can be steam, and it can be ice. But it's still the same substance, right? It's still the same substance. And that's, we don't ever want to get confused thinking that the Trinity, like one's, one's better than the other, one's higher than the other, one's more powerful. They all have different roles, and they all minister to us in different ways. So our God is a triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the cool thing is, is that it's an amazing example of unity and of working together and of synergy, right? Because they work together. Do you remember back in Genesis when God said, let us make man in our image, right? Father, Son, Holy Spirit working together in the creation of man. They all have different functions. So if you think about the Father initiating, the Son administrating or carrying out the plan, and the Holy Spirit manifesting the power of God. So if you, if you think about salvation, our salvation um, experience and the plan of salvation, it was the Father who initiated the plan. Way back in Genesis 3, he talked about that he was going to defeat the enemy, right? He, ha- he already knew back then when man chose to eat of the tree, he said, okay, I'm going to send someone to deliver you. So that was in Genesis 3. So that Father initiated the plan. He thought of the plan. Jesus, the Son, came to earth, representing the heart of the Father, fulfilled the plan of the Father to lay down his life so that the power of sin could be broken and we would be able to be a part of the family of God. Then the Holy Spirit, his role was to raise Jesus from the dead, right? You realize if Jesus hadn't been raised from the dead, we would never have had a salvation experience, right? Jesus did his work, but he needed to be raised from the dead by the power of God, and that's what happened. So you see in that plan of salvation, all three of them working together. Isn't that cool when you think about it? And I think if we would look at Scripture in different ways, we would begin to recognize, oh, that's the Father at work. There's the Holy Spirit manifesting his power in our lives. That's what Jesus came to do. So as we read the Word of God, we see so much of them working together. And I put a Scripture on your um, handout this morning, 2 Corinthians 13, 14, because it's just such a great example of the three distinct persons of the Trinity and how they relate to us. The gra- it says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ 
and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. So the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. So the unmerited favor, the gift of God, God's salvation is given to us through Jesus Christ. And it's so amazing when we experience that, we come to know the love of the Father, right? Because John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal or everlasting life. And then our communion of the Holy Spirit, our communion, and that word is koinonia, so it means fellowship, partnership, intimacy, sharing. So our communion with the Holy Spirit, with God and his people, is given to us by the Holy Spirit. So I love that we get to experience the love of God through Jesus, and it's the Holy Spirit that allows us to have a relationship with God and with one another. Isn't that awesome? So that's a beautiful representation of really God at work. Now, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit was really active. He came upon men and women for a task and an assignment. But in the New Testament, Jesus prayed that the Father would send a helper that would live in us, abide in us forever. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit just came upon people. But in the New Testament... We, the age that we're living in now, we get to have the Holy Spirit living in us. And so think about that, girls. The Holy Spirit, if we've received Jesus, the Holy Spirit, we're born again by the Holy Spirit, and that's who lives inside of us and wants to lead us, to guide us. Um, Another one of the primary meanings of communion of the Holy Spirit is partnership. So if you've ever, you know, been in a partnership in a business, you get there's a working together. If you've gotten your kids to partner in a task, there's a working together, right? The Holy Spirit wants to be our partner in life. He wants to be with us and working with us. So if you think about the ministry of Jesus and you realize how amazing his ministry was on the earth. He depended, he partnered with the Holy Spirit all the time, okay? In his ministry, well, if I've written down a number of scriptures here, just, and we'll just go through them real quick, just references, but Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit. He was empowered by the Holy Spirit. He was led by the Holy Spirit. He healed individuals by the power of the Holy Spirit. He cast out demons by the power of the Holy Spirit. And he was resurrected by the power of the Holy Spirit. And he's seated at God's right hand by the power of the Holy Spirit. So when I was thinking about this, I thought, I kind of came to the conclusion that if Jesus needed the power of the Holy Spirit in his life, I think I do too. Right? We know Jesus was without sin. We know he was man and God. So it's just a lot to wrap our heads around, right? But when we think about it, Jesus needed the Holy Spirit to do what the Father asked him to do. I think I need the Holy Spirit to be able to live my life and do what the Father asks me to do, whether it's 
stepping out to meet somebody new, whether it's being quiet and praying for someone, whether it's listening and, you know, obeying in in terms of uh, maybe blessing someone. I need the Holy Spirit inside of me. I need the power of God working in me as I obey him to lay hands on the sick, believing that they're going to recover. All of these things, I need the partnership of the Holy Spirit as well. And I just think that we are so blessed that Jesus knew what we needed and he told us. But sometimes we've just not been told, right? If you're like me, maybe you grew up in a church where we didn't really talk about the Holy Spirit at all. We didn't talk about the power of God. And so um, I've been on a learning and growing pattern for, for a number of years. But he wants to partner with us. He wants to be our source of wisdom, strength, and power. And I believe, girls, that if we open our hearts to the Holy Spirit, he will come and work with us. He will be more active in our lives, but it's up to us to invite him in and to ask him to work with us. We're not alone, and that's, that's awesome. We know that God said he would never leave us or forsake us. He wouldn't abandon us. He's given us the Holy Spirit that lives in us. So we've got an exciting adventure ahead of us of learning to build a relationship with the Holy Spirit. So I'm just going to take a few minutes and share just a little bit of my personal journey so that um, maybe this will help you reflect on where you've come as from as a follower of Jesus. I, um, I shared how I grew up in a Presbyterian church, and I loved going to church. I think I loved going to church because I love people. And wherever, you know, whenever you go to church, you get to meet with people, you get to interact with people. But I, I loved God. But for many, many years, I didn't really understand much about God, and especially the Holy Spirit. But as I look back in my life, I see the Holy Spirit at work. So I want to encourage you, look back on your life and see where the Holy Spirit was at work, setting up divine appointments, drawing you to the Father, working in your life to get you to a place where you would come to know him. It's an amazing thing when you look back. Before I accepted Christ, I, I can see as I look back now, the Holy Spirit was drawing me to him. I was about, I think I was in grade 10, and uh, there was a, our, our student council president actually was a believer, and he started a Bible study. For some reason, it was in the basement of my church, which was really close to the high school I went to. So I went a few times, but you know, I came home feeling something was wrong with me. I really didn't understand what the Holy Spirit was doing. There wasn't something wrong, quote-unquote, with me as a person, but there was something I needed, and I didn't understand what I needed. I needed a Savior. I needed God in my life. For me to have a relationship with God, I needed a Savior, but I didn't understand that. So I, I came home, and I shared how I was feeling. And my very loving, amazing parent said to me, well, if you feel that way, you don't need to go back. Because I couldn't explain what I was feeling, right, what I was sensing. So you don't need to go back. You're a good person. So, 
I actually had a course that I had to take, so it happened to be on the same night as the Bible study, so I chose to go to this first aid course instead. So it took another year before, once again, the Holy Spirit was at work, and we had a pastor come to our church who loved Jesus. Now, sometimes in the Presbyterian church, some churches are very evangelical, ministers have a real relationship with the Lord, and and sometimes they don't. So we'd had both experiences. But this gentleman was very passionate, especially about youth, so he organized a retreat for us. And it was at that weekend I understood that I could have a relationship with God and I could go into his presence because of what Jesus had done. So when I came home from the retreat, I opened the Four Spiritual Laws book that he'd given us that weekend, and I prayed, I repented, I turned from my way and said, God, I need you in my life. And I received Jesus as my Savior. But as I look back, I can see God at work setting all those things up. So I want you to think about how you came to know God. What, how did God work in your life? Who, who was... in integral to you coming to know God. And always realize you might have a role in someone else's life. The Holy Spirit might be using you to help somebody else come to a knowledge of God that they never would have understood before. And so that started my journey. And um, so that was when I was 16, and so as a teenager, I was pretty excited about God and church, and I got to exposed to a lot of different meetings and church services where they really welcomed the move of the Holy Spirit. I had an aunt who'd gotten saved just a few years before me, and she'd left our church and gone to the local Pentecostal church. And so a bunch of us every Sunday night would go to the Pentecostal church too and just experience God at work in a different way. God worked in our Presbyterian church. God's always working. Anytime we open our hearts to him, God will work and move. But sometimes he doesn't move as much as he would like to because we don't know to ask him to. We don't know to invite him in. And so I had a lot of different experiences as a teenager that were amazing and opened me up to the Holy Spirit and how he wanted to work in our lives. And so that was, that was pretty cool. So I just want to share one little example with you about my aunt. So she was just on holidays up at the cottage one time, and uh, she's spending time with Jesus. She really loved the Lord. And all of a sudden, she began to pray in another language. And she was all by herself. There was nobody there, nobody praying for her, nobody talking to her about the Holy Spirit. And so I remember that impacting my life so much that God, when we're hungry for him, he moves into our lives as we invite him. And so later that summer, when a bunch of us young people, and you know what, I want to tell you this too about my story, because this is so cool. There were two teenagers in our youth group who'd received Christ a number of years before the rest of us did. They were passionate. They would pray for us. They would fast for us. Because most of us, we didn't know God. 
we, we loved church and we loved the God that we knew, but we really didn't know much. So they prayed and fasted for us. And so a number of us received Christ that year, that summer. And uh, I just think, God, who do you want me praying for? Who do you want me fasting for that they might come to know you? Can you imagine two 15-year-olds in a youth group of, I don't know, there's probably 25 or 30 of us, and it wasn't like most of us were, um, you know, ignoring God, but some, some were adamantly, you know, and really didn't care about a relationship with God, but they invested time. That's the Holy Spirit working in their lives, and I was the recipient of that. So that was beautiful. So later that summer, I was prayed for to receive the fullness of the Spirit, to be able to have um, God filling me to overflowing so that I would have the strength, the courage, the ability to share for him, to be a witness for him, to be able to experience more of the life that God had for me. And so I remember being prayed for down by the river. Interesting, right? We were gathered on this person's property, and it was right by the river. And so, you know, we were just worshiping and praying, and someone prayed for me to be filled with the Holy Spirit and be able to speak in other tongues. And that happened when I was, you know, 17. Wow. And I feel like I still know, you know, maybe this much about all there is to know about God and his work in our lives. And our God is amazing. And through the years, I've seen God working in amazing ways. And sometimes I don't think I've recognized it, and sometimes I have. And I think the more girls we turn our hearts towards the Holy Spirit and ask him to lead us every day, He will lead us in amazing ways. He will have you pray for people. He will have you call somebody. He will have you write words of encouragement in a card to them. He will have you step out of your comfort zone big time and do things that you thought you could never do. He might call you to go on a mission trip. He might call you to lead and pray with someone to lead them to Christ. The Holy Spirit wants to strengthen and empower us to do the work that we've been left here on planet Earth to do. And uh, it's, a, it's an amazing journey. I remember praying for someone and seeing them healed. I remember seeing other people being prayed for and God moving in miraculous ways. Do you know? And when you've seen that and experienced that, you want to see more of God at work in your life. And I just trust that all of us want to see God moving in powerful ways in all of our lives. He's going to use all of us differently. And there's lots of different gifts that he deposits in us, but he does want to equip us to live amazing lives. But, you know, I just want to say, I've seen some funky things in my life too. Okay, if you think, well, I'm 62 now, I got saved when I was 16, I've, I've been around church circles. I've seen some funky things. Not everything that we experience is necessarily God at work. And you know, sometimes, and I hope I've matured through the years as well, but sometimes in our zealousness, in our zeal, in our passion, we can be a little insensitive to people 
And I remember riding a bus um, with people when I was in university and having quite the discussion about, you know, the Holy Spirit with someone and, and having, not that I was trying to argue, but this gentleman was really trying to convince me that the Holy Spirit was not alive and well today on planet Earth. And I just, it's just interesting, our life experiences. And so some of you may have had some interesting experiences through the years, but I don't, I don't want us to negate the legitimate move of God in our lives because of some funky stuff, okay? Some of you um, may have been really hurt by people. You may have had people tell you, well, you don't even have the Holy Spirit because you don't speak in tongues. Oh, my goodness. Like, that's not cool, right? We have the Holy Spirit in us when we receive Christ. The Holy Spirit is there. The question is, are we going to invite him to lead us and to guide us and to work in our lives every day? And so that's where it's at. Some of you may have grown up like me in the Presbyterian church. You may have grown up a a number of churches um, like Presbyterian. I have good friends. I went out with a guy who was Dutch, right? Our theologies were really close. But we, so we, we loved God, but we didn't know much about the Holy Spirit, right? And so you just may not have ever experienced teaching on the Holy Spirit. Some of you in this room may have been actually taught against the Holy Spirit and said, watch out for those people who believe in the Holy Spirit because that's not, that's not for today. That's not what God does. God doesn't show up like that. So some of you may have experienced that. So I just pray that as you stick with us through this semester and you open the Word of God, you allow the Holy Spirit to talk to you. And some of you um, may have seen things that actually scared you or you thought were really emotionally driven. I've seen some interesting things, and it's kind of like, wow, you know? But I don't want that, once again, to derail you from recognizing Jesus said it's better that I leave so the Holy Spirit, the helper, the comforter, the partner can come and work with you and live in you and abide with you. So whatever your experience has been, some of you may have been raised in a church that embraced the move of the Holy Spirit. You might have had positive experiences all your life. Yeah, good. You don't have to weed through some of the things that some of us have had to work through. So I want to encourage you to hang in there and let's study God's Word together. Let's find out what the Word of God says. And let's, let's really dive into what Jesus really meant when he said, it is to your advantage that I go. I just keep coming back to that scripture and realize that if it's to my advantage, God, there's, there's lots you want to show me. So if I just want to apologize to any of you who've been really hurt by believers who were insensitive and really didn't understand truly the, the heart of God and the working of the Holy Spirit, because sometimes that can be a big hurdle to get over. And we want to understand that 
God's a gracious God. The Holy Spirit wants to work with us and in our lives. And sometimes we just don't share our experiences with graciousness and wisdom. So I'm sorry if if that has been your experience. But I believe there's so much for each of us to learn and to lean into no matter what our past experience has been. God wants to do new things in all of our lives. And Jesus said we're better off that he goes so the Holy Spirit can come. And so I want us to explore all that that means this semester. I want us to open our hearts wide to God and let the Word of God and the Holy Spirit teach us. Amen? I'm, what, I'm, what we're going to do every week, girls, is after who's ever spoken, we're going to give you just a few minutes of quiet reflection. And this is for you to say, speak God, Holy Spirit. Sometimes we think, oh, the Holy Spirit doesn't speak to me. Yeah, the Holy Spirit is always speaking. We just don't recognize it sometimes. We don't realize that he's talking to us. So just those impressions that come to you, the thought that comes to you, that could be the Holy Spirit speaking to you. So as, as we have a quiet time of reflection, I want to encourage you to just ask God to speak to you. But I want to read, this is from, some of you may have this wonderful book, Jesus Calling. I want to read part of the devotion from the 21st of September to you. Because it just fits in so well with our, what we're going to do now and have just a quiet time. It says, wait quietly in my presence while my thoughts form silently in the depths of your being. Do not try to rush this process because hurry keeps your heart earthbound. I am the creator of the universe, yet I chose to make my humble home in your heart. It is there where you know me most intimately. It is there where I speak, <clears throat> excuse me, speak to you in holy whispers. Ask my spirit to quiet your mind so that you can hear my still, small voice within you. I'm speaking to you continually words of life, peace, and love. Tune your heart to receive these messages of abundant blessing. So that's just what we're going to do right now, girls. So I just encourage you, be a few minutes of just quiet. Ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you. And then there'll be just, the music will come on softly to let you know that in a couple minutes we'll engage with our tables again, okay? Bless you as you listen this morning.